Salutations, followers of the Peacock, a.k.a. Pop Culture Over Pizza Podcast. This is Metatron. Now, you may recall from the last quick slice I did a day or two earlier, I made a few references to Supernatural. If you haven't heard it, check it out on Spotify, Anchor, wherever you can find podcasts. Soon to be coming to iTunes. But as fate would have it, yesterday was the season 14 premiere of the show and will be our topic for today. And boy, is there much to talk about. In the words of my good friend Asap Balrog, I'll be starting with a toppings-free review before I deliver the four-cheese spoilerific review. On an overall note, things are very tense in the world as we left it. For those not entirely caught up to season 13, briefly shut your eyes, or ears, for a quickie. Last season, we are left with the death of the show's longest-running villain, the Lightbringer himself, Lucifer, killed by none other than Dean Winchester, who agrees to fulfilling his role as the Michael Sword and lets the Apocalypse World Michael possess him. So, first things first, you're probably wondering, dude, what the hell are you talking about, for those of you who don't know Supernatural? Well, for one, the Michael Sword is... It refers to Michael, the Archangel Michael's perfect vessel. And this means that he's going to be in his most powerful state when possessing Dean Winchester. And the reason why Michael needs to take a vessel is because Archangels, Angels, Demons overall need to have a vessel in order to interact on Earth at all. Secondly, Apocalypse World. This refers to an alternate dimension that the show discovers or looks into when the Nephilim Jack is born, and he is the son of Lucifer. And we'll, we'll retouch that later in terms of how powerful he is, because he, he is a player. Now, going back to the review, episode one of season 14 takes a nice stroll down memory lane, with certain characters returning to old habits and revisiting items that might prove useful with regards to the pickle that they're in. By the end of this episode, the story seems to take quite the unexpected turn and touches on some very enticing ideas. This season looks like it's going to be a doozy, but in a good sense, such that we're going to be seeing things that defy a lot of what we've seen so far. At this point, I will advise listeners who have not seen the season 14 premiere to tune out for now commences... The Four Cheese Spoilerific Section. Alright, just to reiterate, this is the Spoilerific Four Cheese Review of the Season 14 premiere of Supernatural. First thing I'm going to get into is Jensen Ackles' performance of Michael. Awesome. I loved it. First time playing another character other than Dean. Well, I mean, he's played other iterations of the character. You guys know Demon Dean and uh, Enverse Dean, which is where um, which is where Zachariah throws him in time in the future, and you know, there's an alternate Dean because it's the future and he's visiting the future. I liked how. Even though he displayed very little of his powers, we see uh, him use telekinesis on a human. It's a very base level power, but it still gets the point across. You don't mess with this dude. This is the first archangel that God made. The only angels that come close to his level of power is his three younger siblings, Lucifer, Raphael, and Gabriel. And so I really... 
I think my only hesitation with growing attached to this character is I really don't want them to do what they did with Demon Dean back in, what was that, season 10? Where you get like one or two episodes with Demon Dean and then boom, he's cured. I want more of Michael in Dean, in the Dean suit. I don't want it to be brief, okay? Now, going on to Sam and Cass, they are in an extremely shady place. They're consorting with demons. I mean, it's not the first time they've done it, but they're basically going back to their old habits. They're in that spot of desperation where they will do just about anything to help Dean out of the situation. And I'll touch more about this later, but... I mean, it's, it's it's expected, and yeah, that's all I really have to say about that, you know? First look at what angels look behind the meat suit. I think that it's, because in the, in the scene with where he's talking to Anael and interviewing her, we get to see through her eyes what an archangel looks like in its vessel. Honestly, I get that this this is probably because of budget. It looks very much like um, the astral projection uh, ability that we see in earlier episodes, like when Castiel shows his wings and whatnot. It looked the same. It, it wasn't really... Revolutionary. I mean, cool. You get to see the halo. You get to see the the wings, somewhat not shadows. And I guess um, it, it really reminded me of Dragon Ball Z. Honestly, the way the the power was just streaming off of Michael. And again, I get that it's a it's a budget thing that they can't actually show. Uh, titanic angel towering above the, these humans but i don't know uh they they made somewhat of a big deal of it and i just kind of felt underwhelmed by it but it still looks cool it was a nice display of graphics the next thing jack's regenerating grace now back in season 13 uh the nephilim jack who is the son of lucifer um he ended up fighting Michael because he, because what happened was they were leaving Apocalypse World and they left Lucifer behind, right? And so what happens is Lucifer makes a deal with Michael in Apocalypse World to get to the other world, but the conditions were that Lucifer has to leave with Jack because he's going to pose a threat to Michael when he gets there. So Michael... First people he decides to go after, obviously, are the Winchesters. And what the Winchesters do is they pray to Jack's help, for Jack's help, to to mess up Michael. And what ends up happening is Michael reveals that he made a deal with Lucifer. And this turns Jack on Lucifer, and they end up getting into a mini-fight, or a standoff. But what ends up happening is Lucifer drains Jack of his grace. And basically becomes a supercharged archangel. In the episode to date, the season 14 premiere, yes, we see that Jack no longer has his powers. But Cass makes the statement that with time, Jack's grace will be regenerating. 
Now, I don't know about you guys, but I think that this is really overpowered. And he's just like, it makes him the most overpowered being to date. Because, I don't know about you guys, but if I'm Lucifer, I'm going to take all of Jack's grace to get the maximum amount of power that I can achieve. So, if we're going... If we're going to take that into account, then that means Jack has absolutely no grace in him right now. And the fact that he is going to be regenerating it makes him the most powerful being because, first of all, we're dealing with an Archangel Nephilim, which means that it has all the powers of an Archangel and it's going to become stronger. Secondly... What is he generating? He's generating Archangel Grace. This is the stuff that allows Lucifer and Michael to use their powers. And it's one of the ingredients in opening up the spell to another reality. And the fact that he's going to be regenerating it from presumably nothing, I find to be very impressive. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, hell. What the hell is going on with hell? Hell is leaderless right now. With the death of Crowley and sadly with the death of Asmodeus, which I have a few reservations with because, first of all, it's I found it very underwhelming that, okay, so we're going to embellish hey, What are the LOI demons? They are the princes of hell. And the princes of hell are some of the strongest demons in real-world world mythology and are supposed to embody the seven deadly th- sins. And so when we started seeing them just get picked off one by one, eh, that, that, that didn't sit well with me because I feel like they could have they done more with those villains. Like, to have them be killed off easily, that was just, in my opinion, that, that was just poor writing. And the way they used Asmodeus last season is like a, an explain away, oh, we're going to bring Gabriel back. Who's had him the whole time? Asmodeus. That was just, that was wrong. But back to the, to the, to the point I was making with Hell. Hell is in a pickle because they don't have a leader. And that sucks. Because if Hell doesn't have a leader, things are going to eventually blow up in the Winchester's face. So what I'm going to briefly discuss are possible contenders for the throne first one sam hain we see him in season four he was one of the seals that um was he was one of the seals that um if the if lilith broke it it would be a step closer to lucifer's release he ended up being exercised by sam's uh, special child powers so He's actually alive and down in hell. So, and he's a powerful demon also. He, he's not just some punk. He actually has displayed some abilities that are quite impressive. For one, being able to, it's a very low level power, but I mean, it's not low level in the sense that, um, that other demons can do it. It's just one of those things that if you see it, you're like, okay, we know this guy means business. He has the ability to touch iron. Iron is one of those things that um, if a demon touches it, their skin boils. He was able to touch it, no problem. 
second ability. This is probably his most impressive ability. The white light. White light, the, the power to generate white light to destroy objects and people is very, very... It's a very interesting power to have because angels, being the more powerful beings, are normally the ones to exhibit it. The only other two character, the only other character to exhibit it that is a demon, demons, which are generally less powerful than angels, are, is Lilith. And so, yeah, another another one of his abilities is the ability to conjure stuff, and that's that's pretty cool and all, but. Basically, what I'm trying to get at here is Samhain has the potential to be the king. The only problem is, A, I don't know if the writers remember him, so he might just not come back ever. And B, you also have to explain how he's going to get out of his 600-year prison, because one of the things with um, summoning Samhain is that he can only be summoned every 600 years. So, you know, work around that. But I'm sure they could do it. The other thing, the the only other contender I can possibly see for the throne, the white-eyed demons. And this is going back to this um this refers to Lilith and Alistair's cadre of demons. We never really got any embellishment on those demons. And I think that it would be interesting to retouch that now that okay, the princes of hell are dead, the knights of hell are dead. Lucifer is dead. So this would probably prompt some of the stronger demons to want to take the throne. And at the same time, we could have these white-eyed demons be embellished a little more like we got with the Princes of Hell. And I think that'd be really cool. Now, who they're going to have be the white-eyed demons are... That's up to speculation entirely, because we don't even know how many there are. And if there are going to be any more. But I'm just saying it'd be interesting if they go back and retouch that. Because hell has no king, so that's that's problems. <laughs> you know what I mean? La um, next point. Uh, oof, I'm running on time here. Archangel blades leave the vessel alive. One of the big shockers that I came to when seeing this episode, Lucifer's vessel, Nick, is alive. Now, first of all, I know that we've had um, Castiel. He his vessel has been through. Oh my God! It's been through like the worst in terms of damage. It's been subatomically. Um, in in Castiel's word, it's it's been subatomically destroyed by archangels on at least two occasions. As for Nick, I don't really see how he can be alive right now. There was no indications of him being alive, A, when Lucifer dumped him for Sam back in Season 5. B, when Lucifer's... I mean, not Lucifer. When Crowley's demons found Nick's vessel, I mean, Nick as the vessel, they, they kind of gave the impression that he was dead because they just found him lying around somewhere. And then they retouched him up with the cage sigil so that Crowley would have the edge and the vessel would be able to contain Lucifer. So how he's alive right now really escapes my understanding. Maybe the Archangel Blade has the ability to bring the vessel back to life. And I guess that it's weird because, I mean, it also makes sense because 
no, it doesn't really make sense because, first of all, if you're letting in an archangel and they need to kill it, then, first of all, the vessel should be held accountable. Like Lucifer, for example. You're letting the devil in. Why the hell are you doing that? You don't deserve to come back. So that should kill the vessel. But I can see how it it should bring back the vessel because maybe they didn't necessarily... Um, like, remember, another thing we need to remember about Vessels and Supernatural, they're, they're like, uh, they're riding the back seat. They don't often get much say in what happens with uh, possessing entities. So, you know, they're just sitting back doing nothing. They're just in the corner of the mind. They're not really held accountable for their actions as they're being possessed by these entities. So maybe on that perspective, I can see why they brought Nick back. The other thing is, does this, oh, because it's heavily implied, or not have yeah, it's heavily implied in the, um, in the road so far cutaway that we're going to be revisiting the empty. So does this mean that Nick is once again be- going to become Lucifer's vessel? Because to, to have that character there... It's kind of like leaving the phone line open. So, like... And then the empty... We... Even though you need Jack's help... It's been seen that... Entities can escape from the empty. Which... Ever since we were introduced to the empty... I was always kind of hesitant because... A... This is a play. Whenever I thought of angels and demons dying, I just thought their essences were spread out and they just cannot be resurrected whatsoever. But now with the empty, it gives their deaths less meaning. And I think that's... I, I love the show. They're, just let me reiterate that. One of the problems the show has from time to time is death is given no meaning. At least in my opinion. Because they're always going to come back. Some, some way or another. And, of course, it's meaningful because... Uh, it has that sense of meaning because it's like, holy crap, he just died. We, didn't, we weren't expecting him to die this episode. But at the same time, we also know at the back of our minds, oh, he's going to come back. And so... How Nick is going to be used in future episodes is going to be... It's going to be interesting to see. Lastly... Monsters being selected as Michael's chosen people. I found this to be wow. That was that was a major twist. I mean, I could see why he didn't choose the angels, obviously why he didn't choose the demons, and third of all, why he didn't choose humanity. First of all, humanity is the problem. So he thought eradicating them in Apocalypse World would have solved that issue. But clearly, a bombed-out apocalypse world isn't what Michael's going for this time around. And that's why he's been interviewing all these different species. To see who is worthy of saving. The angels, they're very far and few. And they seem very lost. They, they don't really have a mission other than to keep heaven going and to, I don't know... Beats me. You got Sister Joe going there, getting that money. <laughs> and then he, and demons, well, you, I don't think Michael ever really had an open mind with demons to begin with, because, hell, they're demons. They're, they were created by Lucifer. They're impure. 
But monsters, wow. I mean, they're not much better than demons, but I'm surprised that he found something worth saving in monsters. And it's the the impression that he's giving off and that the trailers have been giving off is that we're going to be seeing some new monsters created by Michael. And I just want... That's going to be crazy to see. Because, well, what's he going to do? Is he going to give them wings? Is he going to give them, like, the ability to kill angels? What are we going to see? <laughs> you know? There's just so much to think about. And it's really crazy. And, yeah, that... That pretty much sums up um, the spoilerific 4Cheese review. And we're going to be heading into our conclusion here. Alrighty, guys. So as we are wrapping up this episode, I just want to give you guys some food for thought. And as well, ponder on some things that maybe Season 14 will take into account as it further progresses. First, will Jack use the Archangel Blade on Michael? Because it's shown that... It can leave the vessel intact if if the if the vessel isn't stabbed in a most vital area, but at the same time can kill an archangel. And given the fact that Jack is going to be coming is going to be regaining his powers by regenerating his grace, is this going to be a viable option for uh, taking care of Michael? And will he be strong enough to confront this version of Michael? Because Michael is in his Michael sword now. So that changes things drastically in terms of his power levels. Next, what the hell is going to happen with Hell? In terms of the king, Sam just killed the up-and-runner Kip. And he recently just issued a statement saying, if you want to be the king of Hell, you got to go through me. Otherwise, there are going to be no more kings of Hell. So what's going to happen now? Are demons just going to waltz, uh, waltz up to the bunker and ask Sam to the prom, the killing floor? It's going to be a little weird, in my opinion, but hey, it's, it's a nice, interesting development. Next, what will Nick play in future episodes besides being a Lucifer VHS? Because that's predominantly what he's serving as. Uh, because Sam, all he's really done with him is ask him questions about his time being possessed by Lucifer and, you know, what he did, um, possibly gaining insight on Michael. And will he evidently be the lifeline that Lucifer needs to come back? Because we will be revisiting the empty. And what, oh what, are they going to do with it? And most importantly... Will Dean survive being possessed by Michael? And what lasting scars is this going to have on him? Because, I mean, just looking at Nick's aftermath from being possessed by Lucifer, he was basically comatose for three weeks, because that's the time it took from the season finale of season 13 to this new season 14. It's been three weeks. He's only finally woken up. And... In that time, he's just been having these night terrors. And that was just Lucifer, the the second oldest brother. What's going to happen with Michael? There's just so much to speculate. But alas, it is a quick slice and all things must come to an end. If I had to rate this episode, I'd give it a solid 8 out of 10 stars. The direction the show appears to be going in has piqued my interest. But I have to admit that while I absolutely love the show... I find myself somewhat tired of the acts of desperation we keep seeing in our heroes, and it's something we've been revisiting ever since season 5, 
look at Cass, looking for purgatory, even though it's a bad idea, ripping a hole in the monster land. Sam, doing every stupid thing to rid Dean of the mark of Cain, even though it's a bad idea, and it's going to unleash the darkness, a primordial entity that God and the archangels barely put away. And I understand that in the grand in the grander scheme of things, this is a, a theme where that they like to retouch every now and again that highlights even though we may have the best of intentions, we still make mistakes, and it's our job to fix it. It's a nice lesson to take away and apply to our waking lives. But if I'm being honest with myself and just in general, I find I'm starting to want more. Like this is a theme that's nice, but I want to see maybe other themes and maybe other stakes. The stake um, that we saw last season where, oh, if all the angels die, then heaven is destroyed and all the souls in heaven are going to come down to earth and it's going to be like a just a crap ton of ghosts to deal with. That was a really interesting thing to look at. But... Yeah, just a change in theme, maybe. Don't do it radically, okay? Don't, don't, don't twist my words here and do something completely ridiculous if you guys are listening. Uh, but, like, just, you know, maybe something different. Once again, if you guys have any extra cheesy comments or spicy red pepper feedback, follow the Pop Culture Over Pizza podcast on Twitter at PCP, I mean, at PCOP podcast. Again, that is on Twitter at PCOP Podcast. This is Metatron bidding you a good day wherever you are. <laughs>